Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to another bonus edition of the Media Podcast. We're back with a proper show next week, but in the meantime, take a listen to this. Owen Rich, Innovations Producer with the BBC World Service. He spoke to the Media Podcast about his particular area of expertise, drones. Those little mini helicopters controlled from the ground that have become another tool in television's armoury. And we'll also hear from last week's guests, Liz Howell and Leon Wilson, with their take on the technology. But first, here's Owen. My name is Owen Rich and I'm an innovations producer with the Global Video Unit, which is part of the World Service. So my favourite shot that we've done with the copters is the shot we got of the Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio. It was before the World Cup. We went out there to make a series that was going to be running during the tournament. We got up really early in the morning, got there about 3am before any members of the public would ever be there. We had an area completely cordoned off and we got the copter up, not that high away from from me, but, you know, the shot itself looks like it was very high. And it was up in the clouds, it was a very sort of murky day, but that gave it an extra sense of uh, perspective. It was very sort of interesting, like you were floating in the clouds. And I I was kind of pleased with uh, with the perspective we got on such a sort of iconic thing. You've seen a lot of times, but not necessarily from that angle. So the way we work is we work as a two-person team. So I fly the craft and I have also a camera operator who controls the camera. And they are receiving a video downlink from the craft which allows them to see what they're getting. And they have full control 360 degrees of that camera. But really it's like any piece of equipment like a a jib or or steady cam or or working with a focus puller or anything like that you really need to have you know developed a a working partnership with that person so that when you uh, do something like I fly up in the air and I want the camera operator to tilt down and track an object we we need to uh, work in tandem so we we do practice um, and you really see an improvement as as you get further uh, more practiced at it you can see a real improvement in the things that you can actually get and get a bit more confident and do some slightly more revolving images so the process starts with planning um, and planning is sort of a important part we have a a license um, which is called a BNUC S, which is a civil aviation authority permission for aerial work in the UK. That requires us to fulfil certain obligations with regards flight planning. Um, so the first stage is essentially looking at where you're going to fly. 
whether that be in the UK or overseas. And of course, when you're dealing with a location overseas, which is what we're primarily doing uh, in the global video unit, because being world service, we travel a lot. You're looking at flight rules in those countries. So you're looking at aerial maps and you're trying to figure out what the actual uh, rules are about flying in that country and how the airspace is managed. So all of our shoots overseas always start with a call to uh, the Civil Aviation Authority in whatever country we're, we're dealing uh, with and um, we go from there. We get advice and we see if it's even possible because certain countries have quite stringent regulations, very progressive and fully formed policy like Australia where you essentially would need to translate your qualification through a quite a long process into being valid in that country or, or, or a country like Poland where we were flying recently and we were able to translate our BNUC S qualification to, to become valid there which was essentially just getting the okay from the CAA there or, or countries where there are no regulations yet because this is obviously of course a very new technology so the first aspect is obviously planning making flight plans and, and doing a risk assessment and then obviously trying to get your craft to the country can obviously be a challenge because there's quite big boxes but really the the creative part starts on the ground when you're looking at what you've got to film and it's really interesting the way that you learn certain visual tricks Um, a lot of the best shots are really like they reveal something you know unexpected so one of the shots that we did in the Auschwitz video was we popped up behind one of the gun towers to then reveal the the landscape of huts that stretched as far as the eye could see Um, an unexpected reveal of something which sort of gives you a different perspective now the technology is maturing to the point where you're really seeing a difference between those people who are just flying around in the sky and and essentially you know it's great and and the images are unique and interesting they're new but as it becomes more commonplace to have these kind of aerial shots you really see the difference between uh, the the filmmakers who are crafting the shots uh, really understanding filmmaking principles uh, and the shots which are essentially just aerial shots that you wouldn't have been perhaps been able to get before so it's it's really about now coming to the point where it's like thinking of creatively as well uh, about how you can use those shots um, and how to kind of involve the audience in them that was Owen Rich, Liz Howell from City University London and Leon Wilson from Talkback are with me. Liz, BBC News got into a bit of trouble at Davos, didn't they? What, yeah, with what went drone, wrong? Yeah, uh, taking pictures from above. And I mean, really, this, this raises the whole question of privacy and what you can do and where you can put a camera and so on. And it's very interesting because if, you, if you're filming on a public street uh, and it is a public street, then you're perfectly free to film and you can film whatever you like and you get a lot of problems with this with students and obviously my students go out filming and they're filming on the public highway and people try to move them on and what have you but they can't because you've got every right to film on the street and, and well that's when Islington Council might ask you for a, a small sum of money but in fact in terms of privacy you, you can film from the street so the question is can you film from the air so um, but there's restrictions obviously on you know not bashing into a plane isn't there and obviously well, a lot of people that, are trying to cut costs which is what true. the BBC were doing yeah. right they did it didn't ask for permission to put something up in the air. It's not that high up, so it's sort of buzzing along, taking taking photographs or you know filming from from above. And, and is that legitimate or not? And there's been some very interesting cases about this. For example, in the US, they took uh, aerial photographs down the the Californian coast, and some particular celebrity really really objected to the fact that aerial photographs were being taken of their home and their property. And so, is that legitimate or not? I mean, it's something that's going to have to be sorted out. I mean, a row at Davos is just a row about you know the drone going over, but it does raise this question. About 
about where can you film what can you see indeed but it also shows if even the BBC who have an army of people to do compliance didn't bother asking for permission before they put a drone well, in the air to what extent was it a sort of rogue act anyway we don't really know well fine but if if that happens under the BBC's provisions then presumably that really is happening everywhere else Absolutely. from students it's up uh, I mean Leon at Talkback have you actually used a drone before yeah we've used we used a drone last year sorry um, through the keyhole uh-huh. uh, we started using it in series 2 to sort of give a different view of the houses we were looking at and they're loads of fun they're great mm. they're really quite cheap compared to a helicopter which is prohibitively expensive you know you can get them up there and film you know we did one with Keith Lemon on a boat in the middle of Lake Windermere and normally we wouldn't be able to do that because it would cost you know ten five thousand pounds you probably wouldn't get permission to fly we wouldn't no exactly yeah it would be really hard so it was great it made for a nice sequence we had him you know in the middle of the, the lake on his own it was I, I'm big, I love them. I'm expecting them to be used a lot more. I, I was just going to say the same thing. I think, I think loose women will be filmed on the Yeah, brain. absolutely. <laughs> everything will be filmed. The thing is, though, are they broadcast quality? Because I know, obviously, they're sold what on the basis that the cameras... Well, yeah. I mean, but that's the question, sake, isn't it? I mean, you know, you can have Skype interviews, you can have handheld stuff, you can have phone yeah. stuff. There's no such thing, I don't think, anymore as technical broadcast quality. There's what people want to see. Yeah, well, they, they are, They are. if you get the right ones. And it, it, you, generally with programmes, you're allowed 20% of any of the material in it is allowed to be non-broadcast quality, which is a lot. So 20% can be old SD stuff, you know, and that's, that's just without even asking permission. So but that's an arbitrary rule anyway. Even that, yeah, you can get away with more but if you're asking from permission. an audience point of view, in a glossy graded show like yeah. Through the Keyhole, can you notice that it's taken on a camera that obviously is worth less you than would, what yeah, you're filming Yeah, I wouldn't want to use on. one that wasn't the same quality as all the rest of the pictures, the same resolution. At least, Sometimes yeah. the grainy stuff and the, the rough stuff is actually quite effective. So it depends whether you say what it is or whether you contextualise it in some way, but it's here to stay. In fact, it's going to get bigger, I think. All of this stuff. Pictures are the future. Everybody's wanting more and more moving pictures from more and more angles, and this is just the beginning. Yeah, Cliff Richard, watch out! You're going to have a drone permanently over your house. Never mind the helicopter. Well, the other thing we use a lot more is GoPro stuff yeah. in, in all kinds, not just in sporting television, but in entertainment television. I think we will start seeing it in things like, for example, the X Factor, mm. where you can actually see the contestants' POV shot during the show and things yeah. like that. I think there's more. There's, there's a lot more to be done in entertainment television with different types of camera work. One day we'll all have GoPro strapped to our heads all the time. <laughs> I'm convinced like of it. Yeah. Well, it sort of turns every contestant into a, a, their own personal fixed rig, doesn't it? Basically. Yeah. 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 Well, my thanks to Leon and to Liz and to Owen Rich, of course, as well. Now, pledges to the media podcast can hear an extended version of that interview on our members' website, uh, including how you become a drone operator and some of the kit available. Uh, that is at themediapodcast.squarespace.com, where you can also hear the full bug event we played a fortnight ago with Miranda Sawyer and Matt Kelly, Do We Get the Press We Deserve? All of that at themediapodcast.squarespace. And if you haven't pledged, but you want to, don't worry, we'll have more details on how you can do that very soon. I've been Ollie Mann, the producer, Matt Hill, and until next week, bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.